What you doing? I'm running out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figured out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T-Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions. Hey, folks. It's Greg Allman with the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com back on the Locked on Bucks podcast. Here on a Tuesday, uh, December 13th. Episode 97, uh, we're running out of jersey numbers to think of. I, I, I say the episode number every week, and it always jumps in your head like, oh, we're at Akeem Spence. Uh, in two more days, and we're in the hundreds and out of the uh, jersey possibilities. So happy to be back uh, talking to you about the Bucks win Sunday at home against the Saints, getting ready for a big game Sunday night in Dallas against the Cowboys. Uh, Monday, you know, victory Monday. These Tuesday podcasts are suffering as a result of the Bucks' success. Because when the Bucks win on Sunday, uh, they earn what is called Victory Monday. Uh, they don't have to really do anything on Monday except just take care of their body, come in, get with the trainers, do the things they would normally do uh, for the physical recovery they need to have after a, a big football game. Uh, but that means no media, no open locker room on a Monday. Uh, all we get is uh, Dirk Cutter on the podium. Uh, but Dirk was fairly uh, chatty, fairly newsy on Monday, so lots we can get to uh, just to reflect on different parts of that game on Sunday and, and really to start to look ahead uh, to the Cowboys. Obviously, Dirk Cutter, very complimentary of the Cowboys. Uh, they're coming off of a loss Sunday night against the Giants, but uh, you know probably have the best offensive line of football, at least three pro bowlers there. Uh, the two best rookies in the NFL this season in Dak Prescott, and Ezekiel Elliott, Dirk was talking about how when you're arguing about which two of them should be the MVP and which should be the Rookie of the Year, uh, it's a nice place to be as a team. So even with them kind of wobbly coming off of uh, the loss to the Giants and a season sweep at the hand of the Giants, uh, still a, a very daunting game ahead for the Bucks. Uh, a couple things we do want to talk to. Uh, before we get back on Sunday's game uh, with the Saints, I want to point out a bit of news. Uh, your Christmas Eve plans might have to change slightly. Uh, the Bucks game December 24th on Saturday at New Orleans has been flexed from 1 p.m. Eastern to 4.25 Eastern. So if you had like a 7 o'clock Christmas Eve service here on the East Coast, you were planning on going to, it's going to be tight there. You might have a finish of the game kind of going on. So uh, definitely some difficult choices this Christmas Eve, uh, if you're usually going to a Christmas Eve service, uh, you're lighting a candle and trying to stifle uh, excitement at the radio you've smuggled into the uh, chapel there. But uh, anyway, uh, it's a third straight game. Buccaneers have been flexed. Uh, as Dirk Cutter says, it shows somebody's noticing. Uh, three straight games, obviously the two 4 30 games with the Saints, and then this uh, Sunday night game with Dallas. Dallas is in the middle of four straight primetime games. Uh, I think the NFL is making hay while the sun shines, uh, definitely getting as big an exposure as they can for their most popular team being the best team in the NFL and getting a a national audience for them whenever they can. I was talking to Dirk Cutter about Doug Martin. Uh, You know, Doug Martin has kind of struggled. It was 23 carries for 66 yards on uh, Sunday. Uh, Some tough yards. We asked Dirk about his running, and the first thing he said was hard, hard running, uh, was very adamant in his defense of Doug Martin, said that he has there's nothing wrong 
with Doug Martin. He said they need to block better for him. They need to open better lanes for him. But he has no complaints with Doug Martin's running. Uh, it's interesting. Doug Martin's first four years in the NFL, uh, he did not average uh, less than three yards per carry in back-to-back games but once. So once in four years, he had back-to-back games where he was getting less than three yards a carry. He's now done that in four of his five games since he's been back. And to be clear, the Bucks are winning with Doug Martin, whether it's by coincidence or not. They're 6-0 and in games in which he's played from start to finish, and they're, whatever, 2-5 and when he doesn't. Uh, so this is, a, you know, this is a game where Doug Martin is not performing the way they want him to. He's at 2.87 yards per carry. That is the worst in the NFL among the 33 running backs that have 100 or more carries. Um, as a team, it's interesting in that the Bucks are very committed to the run. They, they are third in the NFL in run attempts, rush attempts per game. Uh, Dallas, by the way, is number one. So they're third in runs per game, but they're bottom five in yards per carry. Uh, they're down at like 3-5 as a team. Uh, the other backs have run better than Doug Martin has. Uh, Jacquees Rogers uh, is at like 4-4 four, four a carry behind the same offensive line. So he's having much more success. Uh, I do think Doug Martin is in these um, a lot of these situations he's running because they want to establish the run. It's not, uh, it's not necessarily a wide open running situation for him. So He's lining up even when they have eight in the box, even when they're uh, stacked against the run. They're running on principle almost. So it's, it's impressive to see how committed they are to the run. And again, I think they feel like Doug Martin has gotten that done. Uh, Dirk pointed to the touchdown on Sunday. He had this, uh, if you look at the one-yard touchdown run, again, their only touchdown, the only touchdown in the game, uh, kind of cuts to his left, makes a guy miss, starts to his right, makes another guy miss, and then goes horizontal, dives in for the touchdown. So again... Uh, not the big yardage you want from a running back, but certainly the effort that they're looking for at the position. Uh, so we also asked uh, Dirk about Mike Evans. Uh, obviously, the last two games, uh, opposing defenses have kind of overstacked Mike Evans. They've not only put uh, a top corner on him, as you might expect, but they've kind of shaded the safety to his side. Uh, it's kind of max coverage, if you will, in the NFL for a premier receiver. And again, that's a, a sign of respect for Mike Evans and the success he's had. Uh, he's still top five in the NFL in touchdowns, in yards, and in receptions. Uh, I think it's Jordy Nelson and Antonio Brown are the only guys with more touchdowns than him in the league this year. But uh, last two games, uh, you know, he's been held to 38 yards and 42 yards. That's seven catches for 80 yards over a two-game span. Uh, and again, the Bucks have won. So again, we're, we're kind of pointing out warts on the beauty queen here, but... Uh, Dirk said there's not too much they can do when a defense is committed to doing that. If you're committed to taking away one person, it's much easier to take advantage of the mismatches elsewhere and throw elsewhere, whether it's to Kevin Braid, whether it's to other receivers, uh, than it is to to try and force a throw into extra coverage. I thought uh, Winston did a really good job getting a ball to Mike Evans late when they were in uh, full salt out the clock mode. I'll pull it up here for you. This is fourth quarter. Uh, they faced a third and four from the 44-yard line, just trying to salt things away. Third and four, they get a six-yard pass to Evans, just a quick slant. And again, that moves the chains. That that takes another two minutes off the clock, which is huge in terms of what Brett 
what, what Drew Brees is able to do against you needing a touchdown to beat you. Uh, the way they ran the clock down, uh, you know, the Saints get the ball at their three with two minutes to go into one timeout. That's tough for, for anybody. Uh, again, it's, it's dangerous when you're facing an offense like New Orleans, but they did everything they could to minimize his chances to come back uh, and beat you that way. So, again, Mike Evans held in check, uh, you know, with the Cowboys this week. It'll be interesting to see how they use him, uh, you know, what they do to try and contain him versus allowing other people to get open in the secondary. Uh, but, again, Mike Evans uh, still on course, uh, you know, is, is on course to challenge his own record of 12 touchdown catches in a season, uh, and he's right up there. He would need a strong finish to get the receptions or the yards marks, but those are still uh, in play if he can have three three big games here in the last three weeks of the season. Uh, you know, the important thing is right now with this offense uh, is trying to get a little better red zone production, trying to get uh, touchdowns instead of field goals. Uh, they've won, I think they've scored nine total touchdowns in their five wins, which is insane. Uh, a lot of field goals, a lot of defensive touchdowns, but their offense has not uh, has not really done too much. And it's one of those where Dirk said uh, they're just trying to win right now, and if they can get to the point where they're trying to win more perfectly, that's a great thing. You know, they've done enough to win right now. Uh, you know, Sunday, 16 points does not win a lot of games, but it was enough on Sunday. They just want to get to the point where they're playing well enough on offense, these games don't have to be close. If their offense is playing at the same level the defense is playing, uh, this is a 28-11 game against the the Saints. And and then you go back and it's like the Seahawks, that isn't a nine-point game if they can score after the first quarter. You look at San Diego, uh, actually the offense scored fairly well in that game, but they can do a lot to not set up this late game angst, if you will, just by... uh, just by scoring a little bit better when they get the ball in opposing territory. Was looking at a play, I was kind of intrigued to see uh, a little bit more about that late-game punt. We had talked a little bit about this from a what-if standpoint, but uh, Buccaneers trying to run out the clock, and with two minutes left, they have a third and seven, uh, sorry, a fourth and seven, from the Saints' 35-yard line. You kind of sit there and say, oh, what would you do? Uh, Fourth and seven, you can't really go for it there. That's way too low a percentage to try and go for it. Uh, you're talking maybe a 10 or a 15% chance of converting on a 4th and 7 like that. But uh, the two options, of course, are do you bring in Roberto Aguayo and bring him in for a 53-yard kick, or do you punt? Uh, you know, Aguayo hasn't hit a kick longer than 43 yards in his career. The Bucks have their kickers go out in the field before the game with the wins as they are, and they kind of set a range for the day to where it's like, well, with the wins as it is, uh, I feel like I'm good from X, whether it's 50 or 48 or 54. So they have a number in their head with, look, today, that's kind of the line we're going to set. We think you're good from here. We're not going to go beyond that unless it's an extraordinary circumstance at the end of the game or something. So uh, if if Aguayo misses from 53, and again, you'd have to think going in that it's probably more likely than not, uh, then the Saints get the ball at whatever, at their 40. At the, I mean, at their 35-yard line. So that, that's much better field position than they'd get off any kind of punt. So then once you make the, decide, the decision to punt, it's just a matter of how well you can execute it. And obviously you don't want to touch back there because if you're punting from the 35 and they get it at the 20, you're, you're making them complete one pass for one first down. And that's all you're doing. So uh, to get it as he did where he punted and had it down inside the 5-yard line, Josh Robinson was able to down it at the 3 
is just really good execution. And as we talked about yesterday, they had another punt on the previous possession that was down at the one-yard line. Uh, just near-perfect execution on that. So I was looking here. Uh, punting from the 35-yard line, that's the second closest anybody's been to uh, the other end zone and punted this year. There was one punt from the 31. It's hard to imagine punting from the 31, but the Bucks did that. The 49ers did that earlier this year against the uh, Bears. Uh, punted from the 31, had it downed at the uh, five-yard line. Uh, so again, relatively speaking, it worked out well. Bucks actually, uh, if you look back over uh, over the years, Bucks punted from the 30-yard line in 2002, their Super Bowl season. Punted from the 28 once in 2000. It's one of those where if you don't have confidence in your kicker and you have confidence in your defense, as they did back in the day with the Bucks, uh, it's not a crazy thing to punt from even that deep in opposing territory. Uh, was looking at success rates on those kind of punts. Uh, there have been 14 punts in the NFL this season punted from the 35 or the 36, uh, and only two have been down closer than the three-yard line. Uh, so pretty strong in terms of how that works. Um, was looking in, in the last 20 years for the Bucks, they've had 41 punts from the 36 or in. Uh, nearly half of them, 17 are touchbacks. So it's it's a 50-50 shot that you're even going to get it pinned inside the 20. Uh, only three times in 20 years has a punt like that gotten down inside the three. And they're all at the two-yard line. What's funny is uh, two of them in the same game. Uh, you won't remember this because your punting memory isn't that good. But 2001, Mark Royals is the Bucks punter. He has two punts down inside the at the two-yard line. Uh, punted three times from the 35 in one game. And they were down at the 2, the 2, and the 6. Uh, they win that game 22-10, so it looks like a genius move. Uh, that's under Dungy, uh, who trusted his defense about as much as anybody. So anyway, uh, not a lot of success when you put that close, but the Bucks executed that really well on, uh, on Sunday. It's neat, you know, to punt, just to take a punt, no matter what you do with it, if you're punting from the 35-yard line, you're taking a hit on your averages. Uh, you can't get higher than 35 yards, and... Brian Egger did extremely well just to get 32 yards for his net punt. So despite that, he is on course to still set Buccaneers records for punting average and net punting average. Uh, he's also two punts away from having the most punts down inside the 20 in a season. So again, we continue to talk about Brian Egger. I will be curious to see if the Bucks can somehow score NFC Special Teams Player of the Week. I don't remember any touchdown returns, which kind of make it easy. Uh, so maybe they can sneak that. Maybe it's Brian Anger with the kicks. Maybe it's uh, Ryan Smith with that ridiculous uh, toe tap at the one-yard line to down the punt there and, and really set the Saints up, backed up against their own one-yard line. Guys, this should wrap things up here uh, on a rather non-newsy Tuesday podcast. Uh, today should be in much the same way. we got a charity event where Jameis Winston is talking to a bunch of kids downtown. Uh at uh, 10, so i got to run over and talk to him there. Darcy Glazer Kasowitz is also there. Uh, as part of the Bucks uh, community initiative, they've got uh, 40 kids from their Buccaneers academies that get to uh, do an educational huddle down at uh, Curtis Hickson Park in downtown Tampa. So we'll be over there for that. Uh, not too much else. Could see a transaction or two. they got an opening on their practice squad. Uh, could make a roster move if they wanted to. Uh, should mention that Josh Allen... The backup lineman who was waived over the weekend to make room for Charles Sims and Dante Dye. Uh, Josh Allen claimed by the 49ers. So uh, not necessarily a great thing to go from a playoff team to a uh, a one-win team. But uh, Josh Allen getting a fresh start with the Niners. Uh, if you get 
claimed, you know, there's a fresh start for him, chance to kind of show things going into the offseason. So happy for Josh that way. Guys, that will wrap things up. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow for the Wednesday podcast. Lots to talk about uh, with the Cowboys looking ahead. We can talk about Buccaneers history against Dak Prescott. He's a rookie, but uh, like a dozen Bucks players have faced him before. Some of the Bucks coaches have faced him before. Uh, obviously, a lot of SEC West players in the NFL, so lots of ties and connections and histories there. We'll get to that tomorrow, but for now, that will wrap things up. Episode 97 in the books here in the Locked on Bucks podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, for the Tampa Bay Times and TampaBay.com, this is Greg Allman. Thanks again. We'll be back tomorrow. What you doing? Ran out of space on my phone, so I'm deleting some stuff. Bye, singing dog. Bye, goal. I pronounce you. Bye, wedding ceremony. Stop. At Metro PCS, you get two free phones with twice as much memory. Really? Don't say bye to your memories. Switch to Metro PCS and get two free LG K20 Plus phones with 32 gigs when you switch two lines. Metro PCS. Wireless. Figure it out. Coverage not available in some areas. Sales tax not included in phone price. Excludes numbers on the T Mobile network. See store for details and terms and conditions.